Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, we are in this series called Multiply, and today we're going to continue the teachings of Jesus with regards to multiplication and what that means. And today we're going to be looking at a parable that is found in the Gospel of Luke. And it's such a powerful and beautiful passage because in Luke chapter 14 and in verse 15 to 23, we're going to read about what this parable means for us today and how it applies in terms of multiplication. So let's begin our reading. It's going to be up on the screen and it's Luke 14. And so hearing this, a man was sitting at the table with Jesus and he exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast, and he sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he then sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field, and I have to inspect it, so please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Then the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, and I want you to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. And so his master said, then I want you to go out into the country lanes, and I want you to go behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. And we want to ask that God would bless the reading of his word to our hearts. There are things about this story and about this teaching that I believe God is going to speak to us about that I'm not even going to speak from my own mouth. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our hearts. And it's going to be something that he's going to just bring to your mind out of what is being said. And so pay attention to all of it because all of it matters. And I want you to see that in the story that we're in, the story is about a banquet. And Jesus is saying that he's the host. He's saying that he's the one who's putting it on, but a lot of people are just making excuses to not attend. And and of course we understand this because in our own spiritual journeys, I think that even without looking for excuses, excuses just come. I think that it's easy for us to come up with reasons to not sit at the table that Jesus himself has prepared for us. We have so much competing for our time and for our efforts. 
We feel overwhelmed by this life. We feel like we don't have enough free time as it is. We live in a climate in which sometimes when the days are beautiful, we want to be outdoors and doing something in the outdoors other than being yet indoors one more time. Sometimes it's about just feeling tired and overwhelmed and just looking for reasons for why it is that there are other things that are just more important in the moment. And all these things can be really, really valid. But when Jesus brings this up, he talks about them in a way in which they are really bad excuses. Not good excuses, not good reasons, and I think we can all find categories to put ourselves in when we have a good excuse and when we've got a bad excuse. And have you ever excused yourself from an event and you know that you didn't have a good excuse? but you gave one anyways, and you felt really bad about it, but you just couldn't muster whatever it was gonna take for you to just go out and to be there. I remember when I changed my life and didn't want to be a part of certain things in my past anymore, my friends were calling me out to do the things that I used to do, and I remember thinking about those times over and over again and how I used to just make excuses for not showing up, but I wasn't really telling them what had happened to me, which is that God had gotten a hold of me, that Jesus had given me a new purpose for my life, that he had changed my values and he had just changed my morals and that he had put me on a path that was going to be very different than the one that I had been on. And I remember making excuses and at first they would buy it because I had never done that before. But then as I repeatedly gave my excuses, they knew that something was up. And more importantly, they just saw that they were bad excuses. And I started to get into arguments with my friends and they started to challenge me about why. And, and I remember I didn't always have the right answer. I just, just felt that I just couldn't be that person anymore. I couldn't be where they wanted me to be. I couldn't do those things anymore. And sometimes it's like that. We don't always have a good excuse. Sometimes you get invited to something, you know, like when your wife invites you out on a date and then you kind of come up with an excuse that you can't make it, that kind of thing. No, I'm joking, you don't do that. But you know what I'm talking about. It's just sometimes you come up with a reason. And these guys came up with reasons. And they were all like powerful reasons in and of themselves, but what the host saw them as was just bad excuses. And why were they bad excuses? Because they didn't understand what they'd miss. There are times when you say, I'm not gonna go, and then like something amazing happens and you say, I could have been there. I could have been there. I could have been a part of that. Has that ever happened to you? Where you declined an invitation and then you regretted it afterwards? Because you heard how great it was? That something spectacular happened that you could have been a part of, that you could have been a witness to, but you weren't? And so sometimes when you see the story, you don't always understand what you're declining. My question to you is this, is that when God is inviting you to sit at his table, to be at his banquet, and you come up with a reason, 
Jesus is saying, I want you to know that you could be missing out on something powerful that could be changing and transforming your life forever. And I don't want that to be you. I don't want you to be the one who's on the outside looking in. You don't have to. Why? Because I sent you an invitation. You were always invited to be at the table, always invited to be at the banquet. I just need you to show up and to be there. Another bad excuse was seen through the bad example. See, sometimes you think you've experienced it before. You've been there. You know what it's like. You know what's going to happen. You know they're going to sing three songs. You know the pastor's going to speak. And you know the band's going to come back after he's done. You know they're going to have like Krispy Kreme donuts. You know they're going to have a lawnmower race. These are not reasons to come. Why would I come for these reasons? And so we sometimes have also a bad example of how we've been there before, but we know what's going to happen, but then we also kind of don't go expecting for something new to happen. I can miss out on this because I've been here before. I've done this. I've experienced this. How about the times where you felt so strongly the presence of God, but then it, it faded, and you went back to living the way you used to? Haven't we all been there? Where God invited us to the table, we had an experience with him, Jesus had set everything there for us. We met him in a powerful way, but that didn't happen the last time we were there. In fact, it hasn't happened the last many times. In fact, it hasn't happened in a really long time. And so you know what? I appreciate the invitation, but this time I'm just not going to go. And what's interesting about that is that they thought that they had experienced everything before. But the way it works with God is that you have to be faithful. You have to be faithful in the same way that he's faithful towards you. So even in those unseen and in those unknown moments of your life, your consistency, your ability to keep showing up is what enables God to keep doing a work in your life. And every time you sit at his table, he's ready to do something new for you, to reveal something new. And, and it's incremental. Sometimes it's not going to be in these great supernatural moments where you're overwhelmed with emotion, where you cannot even stand, where the tears are falling from your face, where the joy is just overtaking your life, where nothing else matters, when you feel like you're so powerfully touched by God that you can take on the world and nothing can touch you. There are moments like that but let's be honest they're few and far between but that's okay because those become markers for us they become indicators of how God is real how he showed up in our lives how we have fellowship with him every day 
You guys know that when you're in a relationship with someone, you can also take them for granted. You know that you can sometimes just count on their faithfulness and their commitment to you, their devotion, their, their loyalty, their, 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 their willingness to, to be trustworthy in all moments. And, and you can sometimes just bask in that day in and day out. You know that you're with someone, that you're doing life with someone that you can count on, that they've got your back, that no matter what, they will be there for you. That's what it's like to be in a relationship with God. I, I don't need him to show up supernaturally every day. I just know that every day he's there, powerfully present in my life. And that if I need him, and if my back is to the wall, and I need a miracle, and I need someone to fight on my behalf, if I need someone to pick a crooked path and make it straight, if I need someone to help me up a hill, or to help climb a mountain, or someone who needs to give me the strength to cross a river, or swim across an ocean, I know God is there for me. And I know that God can be there for you in the same way. And so every day I want to sit at his table. I want to accept his invitation. Because when I accept that invitation to be at his banquet, here's what I know. I can experience what God has for me. But I cannot experience it if I'm not there. So God is wanting you to be there. So we can have really bad excuses. And I just mentioned some of them, just looked at some examples. But I want us to see something else, that we could also have four enemies in the story of multiplication. Because we're talking about multiplication. And I want us to understand that God wants us to experience multiplication in our lives. The first thing that Jesus points out in this story, and it's really important, that if you want to experience multiplication in all phases and facets of your life, you're gonna have to do this. You're gonna have to avoid neglect. Now, the first enemy is neglect because in this story, what Jesus wants to point out is that not everybody was invited. It isn't just the ones who got the invitation who could go but it was everyone else that everyone else forgot. And there were times in our lives when we are focused on the wrong people. We are sending invitations to the wrong ones. We are focused on what we want and who we expect to be there and why it is important for us that they are there and then we miss out on everyone else that God is bringing into our lives, but we are neglecting. And God is saying, I want you to open your eyes and I want you to see that not everyone was invited. So when the servant comes back and he says, I sent out the invitations, but they're all making excuses, Jesus says, I want you to go back out and I want you to think about why everyone else wasn't invited. And he begins to list all the people that would never make it to the banquet. All the people who would never receive an invitation. All the people that everyone else says just isn't good enough to be there. And so Jesus shows us that we can sometimes have this attitude of neglect in our own hearts towards who deserves it. 
Who should be there? Who should I talk to? Who should I go to? Who should I invite? And if we want to see multiplication in our lives, we need to open up our eyes and see the world and everything in it the way that Jesus does. And then all of a sudden, we're going to see things that we used to neglect, but now we're seeing them the way God does, and we're inviting them to the table. So they too can experience multiplication. Can we say amen to that? It's a beautiful principle. One that Jesus wants us to really get. Here's a second enemy. The second enemy is just a lack of vision. Sometimes we don't know how to get those people to come and experience multiplication. And so what we do is that we just go to the people that we think God would want there or the people that we think we know that should be there or the people that we imagine everyone else would have a good time if they were there. And so we send out this list in our minds and in our hearts of who should be there. But that's not how God makes his list. When God makes his list, he says, I want you to go beyond the people that you think you know, beyond the people that you think are right, beyond the people that you think should be there, and beyond the people that you think deserve it. And I want you to go into the streets and the alleys, and I want you to go to the deaf, to the blind, to the lame, the people that everyone would walk by and not invite, the people that are so broken that you would say, this person is so broken, for sure they're going to destroy this party if I invite them. This is the person who you don't invite to the party because they're going to make a mess of it. They're going to they're going to talk too much. They're going to drink too much. They're going to do something else too much. And that's the person you don't want there. You don't want that person because they're not going to be dressed right. They're not going to look right. And I want you to imagine where it is in your life that you are making these decisions and where you're not experiencing multiplication because you are allowing these enemies of multiplication to creep into your mind and into your heart and into your life. Jesus is saying, don't you get it? I want you to go behind the hedges. Who are you going to find behind the hedges? Someone who's hiding. Someone who's committing sins in secret. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? Who are you going to find behind the hedges? Someone who's hiding, not just from God, but they're hiding from everybody else. And only another person who knows what the hedge is about is going to go to the hedge. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? He's saying, I want you to go to all those places, and I want you to go to all those people that I am sending you to. But here's the thing, you are not going to know that they are going to say yes, and you don't know if they're going to say no until you go and ask them to come. And surprisingly, everybody that Jesus told them to go to, who were in the streets and the alleys and behind the hedges, they decided to accept that invitation. And that tells me that, God, you've got to change my mind, you've got to change my heart. That tells me you've got to change my, my view and my perspective of the world and of what it means to be a table and what it means to have you at the head of it and what it means to invite everyone to it and know that you have provided and supplied everything that is needed to eat there. God, I know that you are here to reveal all of that. 
And could you do that in each of our lives right now? Where we need it most. There's another enemy, and the enemy is that we sometimes think we need to be superstars. Steph Curry just won his fourth NBA championship. That guy changed the game. I mean, a little guy like that, four championships, that's unbelievable. He did something that most people never thought would be possible. And you look at him and you say, now he's a superstar. He's got four championships. You could put him in the category of others who've won as many as him. And you think you can't win without a superstar. Just like we think that way in a church. That's why we think that way in our life. When we've got a business, we think, I need a superstar. I need a star player on my team. Whether it's a softball league or a floor hockey team or it's an ice team or any kind of sports team, you think you gotta have someone who's just better than everybody else. And when you think about that, you would think in a way that makes sense. But let me ask you something. If Jesus, the superstar, can't get everybody to come to the banquet, what does that tell you about needing superstars? If Jesus sends the invitation and everybody should show up because it's Jesus, why doesn't everybody show up? One thing for sure, I, I, I can't outshine Jesus. And I'm pretty sure you can too. You may think you can, but I'm telling you, you can't. Because here's the other enemy. Thinking that we are a superstar means that we think we could do it on our own. And here's what I know. Over and over again, this has been proven in all settings. Everyone needs to go. And when Jesus gives the invitation, all of his servants go out. And no one is going to win in life if they think they're going to win alone. Amen? We need to be with others. And I'm telling you, it is important to be in community. It's important to have a church praying for you. It's important to have other brothers and sisters in the faith who stand with you, who you can turn to, who you can be in a small group with, that you can ask them to pray for you and to help you and to challenge you and to help you to grow. And there's no way that one person can do all that. There's no way that we can disciple everyone. But if all of us go, we can. And if all of us sit at that table, we can. Another thing that was an enemy was poor communication. Because when the invitations went out, something was missed because it only went to certain people. And, and, and we sometimes communicate what we think the church is. We sometimes communicate what we think it means to be a follower of Jesus. We sometimes communicate what it looks like to be a faithful servant, to be faithful to the Lord. And it usually comes down to things that we do and things that we don't. But if God made it about things that we were to do and don't do, then he wouldn't have needed to come in the flesh to show us what it looks like 
to live fully alive and to be fully human. Jesus' example is God made flesh so that we would understand what it looks like to look through this world and see it and love it and serve it differently. What does it look like to kneel before someone and wash their feet? I can't get my wife to wash my feet. Anybody else? I give her foot massages. I can't get any in return. But, and I don't got no nasty, nasty feet either. So when you see Jesus washing people's feet, when you see him do that, isn't that crazy? Like, he is the king, he is God made flesh, and he is washing his servants' feet. He is washing the feet of others. Why is he doing that? Because he doesn't want there to be any poor communication. What he's saying is that you are all as valuable as me. You are all as vital as me. You are all capable of making a difference just like me. Because I am going to come and be in you, work in you, and then work through you. And I want you to go to everyone, and I want you to tell them that they all belong at the table. I want them to know that everyone belongs at the table. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to get this part about who I am and what my heart says. And that is that there are no empty seats at my banquet. There to be no empty seats. Every seat needs to be filled. So if every seat needs to be filled, that means you need to go to every person because you don't know how important they are to God and how important they need to be at that table. And so let me ask you this question about yourself. What is your greatest enemy right now? What is holding you back the most? What needs to change the most in your mind and in your heart to be able to turn this around and to do something so that you begin to experience multiplication in your life? Because this isn't just about multiplying the table for Jesus. This is about seeing multiplication at your own table. This is about seeing how God wants to do things for you, for your life, for your household. How he wants to bring people into your life and how he wants to bless you with the right people and surround you so that you can accomplish great things. So that you can do what God is calling all of us to do. So when we're blessed and successful in our lives, Here's what happens. We can be blessed and successful also when it comes to doing things for the kingdom of God, for the community of faith, for the world itself. I'm always impressed when people love this planet and want to take care of it. I'm always just so inspired by that. I'm inspired by, by, by people wanting to clean the rivers and the oceans of this world. I, I'm inspired by that. But I'm just as inspired when I see people, loving people. I, I'm even more inspired when I see a person caring about another human being 
and elevating them out of the misery that they're in and the poverty in which they're in. I'm inspired by how this would happen in our minds and in our hearts when we would look at people and not see differences, but we would just see people who all deserve to be at the banquet. And that when we have something that God has blessed us with, when he has given us resources and he's given us compassion and mercy and love and he's given us wisdom and he's given us words to speak that bring life, that we can help elevate a person out of that situation and give them a seat at the table. Whether it's talking to our neighbor, our friend, our family friend, or someone else's friend, or a complete stranger going into the streets and alleys and behind the hedges and seeing people who really need God and really need to be built up and changed and transformed from the inside out. These are the people that we need to see the way God sees and bring them to the table that he has already set. There is a banquet that he has prepared. The invitations have been sent. And there's a lot of people making excuses. Guess what? When people make excuses, you move on from the people making excuses. And you go and find people who want to be there. And what Jesus is saying is that there's a lot of people making excuses. Let them. It's okay. They got the invitation. Move on. There's someone else who will say yes. Look for the person who says yes. And experience the multiplication of seeing people added to the table. Where the banquet is full and there are no empty seats. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. And so I would ask that you would just stand with me as we would close in prayer and that you would think about those, those enemies of, of multiplication and those warnings that have come to us through this parable from Jesus and the things that he's telling us to watch out for, the things that we need to see changed and, and be different in our lives and, and how he wants to bring multiplication into our lives but also into the lives of others. And so, Father, you have heard our heart and you have listened to our voices. You have seen our need and you are the one who I know that can meet it. And today is a day in which we can come before you and, and be welcomed into your presence just as we are and brought into this great banquet and sit at your table. And your expectation is just simply that we would say yes and that we would show up. Lord, today we have said yes, and we have found ourselves here. We have said yes, and we have come to your table. We have come to your banquet. And Lord, if our, if our attitudes need to change, and if our hearts need to be transformed, and if our clothes aren't right, and if our brokenness is an impediment, Lord, can you bring about the transformation, the change that we all need right now in this place? so that we can experience your multiplication. We want to pray for the fathers that are here today. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless them and keep them and protect them and guide them. 
We thank you for their lives and for their sacrifices and, and for the way that they can impart an example to their own children and how that example may not always be the best one, but that their love would shine through nonetheless and that you would help them to be a father who is in the father's image. I pray, Lord, that this would be true for all of us, God. I pray that for myself and for everyone here, that we would become the fathers that you want us to be. And we ask this, knowing that our children may be grown. They may not even need us as much as they once did. Maybe the relationship is strained. Maybe it's not as strong as it should be. But Lord, I pray that that would change today that it would move forward and experience multiplication for these fathers. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.